0: Hi there, friend. My name is Erin Youngren, and my husband Jeff and I are wedding photographers that live in sunny San Diego, California. And you are listening to the very first episode of Creative Rising, a podcast about what it's really like to run a photography business. Now, friend, this podcast is one big crazy experiment. What we are doing is like nothing I have ever heard in our industry before. And I'm a huge podcast junkie. For years, I edited our weddings while listening to this American life. And in recent years, I have watched the podcast world simply explode. There are so many podcasts on every single topic you could possibly imagine, but storytelling podcasts, like ones that are like This American Life, are super rare. But that's because storytelling podcasts are really, really difficult to produce. But in my opinion, they are the most interesting. So this is our ambitious attempt at bringing you valuable knowledge on how to run your photography business, all wrapped in the heart of authentic storytelling. To give you some context of what Creative Rising is all about, Jeff and I have been wedding photographers since 2006, and we currently run three different photography brands here in San Diego. It's in a studio that currently brings over half a million dollars every year, and the majority of our podcast episodes are going to be trainings. I will be teaching you the step-by-step mechanics of how we run our business every single day. So I'll be sharing things like the step-by-step social media system that we use to attract our ideal clients across three very different photography brands that we run. I will walk you through all of the apps and the pieces of software that we use that are the backbones of our business, the ones that we simply can't live without. Plus, Jeff and I have discovered super simple tricks that we use on every single shoot to get great light in every single situation. So these are the kinds of real day-to-day and time-tested lessons that we have used in our business and we use them every single day to keep our brands running and make the money that we want to make. We run a large studio right now. We have a full-time staff and a team of photographers that shoots for us, but most of this stuff that I'm going to teach, Jeff and I started doing before we ever had this studio, when it was just the two of us and we were running our business out of our kitchen with our cat. So this applies to anyone that is running a wedding photography business, no matter your shape or your size, or whether you've been doing this for 10 years or just 10 months. Then beyond those training episodes, I will also be interviewing other amazing photographers that will share their wealth of knowledge and how they run their businesses. And lastly, but certainly not least, because this is where so much of my focus has been lately. We are also going to incorporate behind-the-scenes storytelling episodes where I'll be recording raw day-to-day stories of running our business. And these episodes are the ones that are 100% inspired by This American Life, where I will be pulling back the curtain, and I will be showing you what it's really like to run a photography business. And these narrative episodes are honestly really scary for me. I am not a full-time radio producer at This American Life, right? I'm a wedding photographer and I'm just picking up a microphone and giving this whole thing a shot. So I have no idea what kind of response that this is going to get from an industry of really brilliant creatives like you guys. Like I'm just an amateur storyteller, but my gut tells me that These behind-the-scenes episodes will be some of the most valuable moments for you because just like us, you are a creative business owner and you're just trying to run a life-giving business. And I also don't know how much time this is going to require to do really, really well because I want to make these episodes really, really well. I want to make sure that they are valuable for you and that they are worth your time. But right now, Jeff and I, we're shooting our weddings as the Youngerins. this year. We're running our brands, which one of those brands is a large commercial studio. We're coaching and educating other photographers. We're selling our courses, which includes our course, Discover Your Ideal Client. And we recently became parents. In April of 2018, we had our son, James, who is currently eight months old right now at the time that I'm recording this. And he's already crawling. He's, guys, he's like moments away from walking. And so he's kind of a little bit of a handful, but he's so fun. And we're juggling parenthood in the middle of all of this. So if that sounds like a lot, it is which is why I will also be structuring this podcast in seasons with nine episodes each. And that way it will be a little, hopefully a little bit more sustainable for us to make sure that each episode is done really well with quality content. So let me tell you a little bit about us, our journey and our businesses to start. In 2003, I was working at the front desk of the library on our college campus, and little did I know, but Jeff Youngren was a biology major, and he was studying in the library all the time. And when I came on the scene, I was this little freshman literature major. I was fresh off the farm from Idaho, which is where I grew up, and I was a farm kid, I grew up riding horses, I swam in ditches, and my entire life I dreamt of leaving all of those potato fields behind me and moving to the big city, which turned out to be going to college in San Diego. But I'm in the library, my hair is pulled back, I have glasses on, I am not stylish whatsoever, especially for some farm kid that is surrounded by all these beautiful Southern California girls. But Jeff and all of his biology nerd friends, that's how they refer to themselves, they started calling me the hot librarian. And I have no idea that this is going on. But Jeff started checking out really, really, really smart, really spiritual, really thought provoking books like systematic theology and poetry to try to get my attention. And of course, I never noticed. I mean, he was just another student checking out random books. In fact, the only time I did notice was he came to me two days in a row to ask me if he had any overdue books. And I was like, "Uh, no, dude, like I told you yesterday, they're not due for another two weeks. I'm just like, who is this guy? But one night I'm sitting in my dorm and the phone rings and it's Jeff. And he's like, hey, it's me, Jeff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. I have no idea who this person is. And it turns out that we have a mutual friend. So he's like, I'm Heather's friend. And I'm like, oh, okay. And without saying anything else, he's like, can I take you out to dinner tomorrow night? And I'm just so taken aback. I mean, I'm used to college guys that would just beat around the bush and, you know, never get to the question or they would ask in really awkward or indirect ways. And so I'm just like, wait, uh, sure. And... He says, great, I'll pick you up at eight, click. And he hangs up the phone. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, what just happened? I think I'm going out with this guy tomorrow night. And we did. We went out the very next night. And it turns out that it was this amazing date. He took me on a ferry ride across the San Diego Harbor. And if you know the San Diego Harbor, you know that all the downtown buildings rise out of the water. And it's this beautiful, sparkling skyline view. And I am completely wide-eyed. I mean, this is the movie moment when Farm Girl meets the big city. And we go to a steakhouse. I am totally just shocked by this because I'm used to dating college guys and going to Jamba Juice on the campus shuttle for dates. And Jeff takes me to a steakhouse. And I miss meat and potatoes. So I ordered the biggest steak on the menu with a giant baked potato. And most of the girls that Jeff had been dating at the time would order like side salads and I polish off every single bite. And Jeff tells me that that was the moment that he knew that he was going to marry me. So we instantly connected and the rest is pretty much history. We fell in love. We got married in 2006 and we both got jobs in corporate America. I worked in HR and he worked at a biotech doing cancer research with his biology degree, but Jeff had always been into photography And so when he got his biotech job, he also bought his first digital SLR camera. It was a Canon 20D with a 24-70 lens, and he started shooting his first weddings on the side. And since we had just gotten married, I started going to these weddings with him to assist. I loved weddings, and so I'd buy a new dress, I'd do my hair, and then I'd schlep around his like 80 pounds of photography gear. I would just be sweating and smiling at the same time. It was amazing. And at one of his weddings... I got super bored, so I picked up one of his extra cameras, figured out how to turn the thing on, and I took my first photo. I had never picked up a camera before in my life, but I instantly knew what it was that Jeff loved about this whole photography thing. The view through a camera was like unlike anything I'd ever experienced before, and I instantly fell in love with it. So very quickly, we decided that we could do this whole thing together. And Jeff taught me everything he knew about photography. Guys, I still have never taken a photography class before. I am 100% self-taught, taught by Jeff and taught on the job with experience. And so we started working our tails off. We started shooting on weekends, editing at night, and we saved up as much money as we could until we could leave our corporate jobs and become wedding photographers full-time, which was the dream. And the short story is that when we did get to quit our corporate jobs in 2009, our business took off. I had been blogging like crazy and blogs were brand new at the time and that drove a ton of our business. And the first thing we did was we just started traveling. We traveled as much as we possibly could And we started shooting weddings all over the U.S. and all over the world. And a few years later, we started speaking and running workshops for other photographers. And it was a really amazing time in our lives. But after a number of years, it was also really exhausting. So in 2012, we decided to settle down a little bit. We wanted to start a family. And so we decided to launch an associate wedding brand called Clove & Kin. It's clove-like spice and kin-like family. And we wanted to build a studio that was outside of ourselves. We wanted to be able to have our summers and our weekends back so that when our kids got to school age, we could spend time with them instead. And at the same time that we were launching Clove Kin, a friend sat us down on our couch and asked if we would buy his commercial photography business. And for better or worse, we ended up saying yes. And so we took over his entire operation. And that included a studio space, a team of photographers, a handful of employees, this really awesome list of clients, and an entire load of systems that needed to be overhauled. So in the space of six months, our lives changed dramatically. We went from working in our PJs at home to getting dressed and going into a studio every single day. We went from being only responsible for ourselves to managing three employees and a team of photographers and becoming bosses. We were no longer just one brand as the Youngrens, we were three. And it's been a wild, wild ride, my friend. There have been crazy ups and crazy downs and everything in between as we have figured out how to manage these three different photography brands. And when I think about those first years of our business, when we still had our day jobs, which those first years were not as glamorous as that story just made it sound, this podcast right here is something that a photographer like me would have killed for. To have behind-the-scenes access to a photography business that is bigger than I am, farther down the road, but is run by people who are honest and run by people who are a lot like me. Because if there's one thing I've learned from growing our business, from going from a farm girl that randomly picked up a camera to now running a studio that brings in over half a million dollars a year, it's that it doesn't matter how big you get or how long you've been in business or the number of weddings you've shot. If you are a creative entrepreneur, we still all experience the same creative battles. To show you what I mean, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever sit down at your laptop, open up your email and wonder, what is the point of all of this? Do you get frustrated with the inquiries that you're getting, feeling like you are never the right fit and they never have the right budget to hire you? Like, are you tired of people saying that you are too expensive and always asking for discounts? When the new booking season rolls around, does the idea of booking yet another year of weddings feel completely overwhelming? Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, then I want you to know that I didn't get those questions from a survey of photographers or from creating an online poll or even from coaching my students one-on-one. I pulled these questions from my own heart, from my own experience of running a photography business for the past decade. These pain points that I just mentioned, at one point or another in our business, they have been my pain points. We've been running our business for over 12 years now, but I wanna go back to three years into our business before we left our corporate jobs, before we ever started traveling and speaking and expanding. It was when we were shooting on weekends and we were editing at night and we were burning the candle at both ends and we were shooting anything that we could get our hands on. And this wedding came in for a couple that was getting married in Texas. And we were so excited about the idea of traveling for a wedding that we gave the couple a huge discount. We flew out to Texas on our own dime. It was the middle of August. It was an outdoor wedding in crazy oppressive heat. We're dripping in sweat and the groom shows up three hours late to the ceremony. We had only been running our business for three years, but Jeff and I found ourselves totally burned out. Meanwhile, I was on the internet all the time watching all of these other amazing photographers shoot these picture-perfect destination weddings in places like Italy and Aruba, and they all looked so happy with a perfect tan, and they never sweat at all, while we were unfocused, exhausted, and booking anything that we could get. What were they doing that we weren't? What was their secret? Well, in the midst of those crazy weddings that year, there was this girls' soccer team from Azusa Pacific University, which is a school that's near L.A., and they were all getting married within months of each other, and we got connected with one of them. We shot their wedding, and very quickly, we ended up shooting all of their weddings, and every time that we got to photograph one of these incredible brides, we completely came alive. We produced amazing photos, they talked about us to everyone they knew, they shared our images with their entire networks, and we became friends with these clients. It was crazy because it was the first time that we had ever experienced anything like it. We didn't even know that that was a possibility. So it was at 2 a.m. while I was editing that Texas wedding that I made the decision that from that point forward... I only wanted the girls from the soccer team. I only wanted clients that appreciated us, no matter what it cost, because I just couldn't keep doing what we were doing. Well, after making that Hail Mary 2am decision to turn our business around, I became obsessed with this thing called the ideal client. And I started learning about everything from demographics to cohorts to target audiences. And I learned how to ruthlessly build a laser-focused brand that would attract more of those amazing brides from the soccer team at Azusa Pacific, which I now know those were our very first ideal clients, which I now call our ideal clients. I call them our dreamies. (laughs) And it took less than two years after that decision For our business to go from booking those crazy weddings that were all over the map to booking clients that we absolutely adored. And that is when our business took off. That's when we were able to quit our jobs in corporate America. And the first thing we did was we took our laptops and a Vonage phone line to an apartment in Singapore. And we spent two months booking weddings while we traveled Southeast Asia. And in that same year, We shot weddings in Italy, Costa Rica, and Mexico, and we photographed an engagement session in Sydney, Australia. In total, we spent six months of that year traveling the world, going wherever our cameras and our laptops would take us. And it was all without discounting, and all of our grooms showed up on time. Friend, it wasn't until we finally understood who the right clients were for us that we could then build a cohesive brand and a remarkable client experience that spoke to them. That was when I stopped blogging just to blog because people had told me that I needed to blog and I started blogging content that actually mattered to our ideal clients. That was at the center of it all. Okay, I started speaking to the right person and that is why our blog grew in the way that it did. My post started connecting with the right couples and turning off the wrong ones. So when a dreamy bride would refer us to their amazing dreamy friends, our brand would connect with those referrals. It would be sticky, which also means that we started making more money because bookings became easier and easier. As we learned what mattered to those dreamies, there was way less convincing going on. Our ideal bride started to come in already wanting to hire us so we could raise our prices little by little until we got to the point where we could make enough money to leave our day jobs. Now, I'm guessing that the idea of the ideal client is probably not a new idea to you. If it is, then I'm really excited because what you're going to learn about here is, in my opinion, the best way to learn about the ideal client. But I'm sure that you're familiar with this term because it seems that everybody seems to be talking online right now about dream clients and ideal clients and go after the clients you love. But honestly, nobody actually teaches about it. Everyone just says, go be authentic and put yourself out there and then your ideal clients will find you. Well, nobody actually goes through the step-by-step framework of how to understand who your ideal clients actually are. So, that you can then actively speak to them and go after them and get better clients. How are you supposed to build a brand if you have no idea who you're building the brand for? If you have no idea who those better clients are? How was I supposed to find other brides from the soccer team if I didn't know why those soccer team girls actually liked us so much, right? If I didn't know what really mattered to them? Well, I'm going to be unpacking how to get inside the heads of your ideal clients in just a minute. But first, I would like to introduce you to one of our sponsors. Yes, we have sponsors for Creative Rising. I feel like such a grown-up podcast, but this isn't just any sponsor, okay? Our sponsors are the companies that Jeff and I actually use in our studios today, and they're companies that we have used for a while, and we stand behind them 100%. And in the same way that I'm going to be pulling back the curtain on our company, we thought it would only be appropriate if we pulled back the curtain on the companies that sponsor us too. When you're on Creative Rising, you are going to be real. You're going to be authentic. So Jeff and I know how cool the people are at the companies that we choose to use in our business. So we thought we would share with all of you just how cool they are too. Shoot Proof is what we use to host our galleries and deliver images to our clients across all three of our photography brands, whether it's a wedding, portrait session, or corporate event. And one of our favorite things about Shootproof is how supportive and friendly they are with helping us run a better business. So Jeff hopped on the phone with Lauren, who works in customer support, and she talks to photographers like us every single day. In fact, she was out at lunch one day and happened to run into a husband and wife wedding photography team.
1: And it came out that, you know, they use ShootProof. And before we were able to tell them what I did, that I worked in support, they go, oh my gosh, like ShootProof has the best support, hands down. And the fact that they could, you know, they said that before they even knew that I worked in support, it was like just Pat on the back, like, okay, we're doing something right. I agree with them. You guys have the best support. You guys are the
0: model for everybody to follow. You guys are great. Hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your favorite thing about the product itself? When you're talking to new people, because I mean, you talk to people that are just starting out with shoot proof, to people that are well-versed and trying to solve problems. Like you talk mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So what do you think your favorite part of the product is?
1: I think, you know, the most used part is definitely are, are definitely the galleries At the basis, you know, if I'm showing clients galleries, it's just super easy to to upload and get your photos to the site and just make them really easy to access. I also love how you can work from kind of start to finish, where you can start with a contract and an invoice and then move into the gallery. It's hard to nail it down, but I, you know, I like automated emails as well cuz it's a great way to increase sales and everything. So
0: So you basically like all the things.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty much. It's really all, cause it's all it's all interconnected, but oh. yeah, all the things.
0: Shootproof, helping you run a better business by loving all the things and helping all the people. And right now, Shootproof is giving Creative Rising listeners three months of any plan for just a dollar for new users. Any plan you like, three months for a dollar. And this is only for Creative Rising. And you can only get this deal at creativerising.com forward slash Shootproof. That's creativerising.com forward slash Shootproof. Welcome back to Creative Rising, my friend. Let's jump into the nitty gritty of how to identify your ideal client. First, I'm going to walk you through an exercise, and then I'm going to share with you the three biggest mistakes that I see photographers make when it comes to their ideal clients. So first, I want you to get out a piece of paper or a note on your phone or just somewhere where you can write down five to seven of your favorite past clients that you have ever gotten to work with. So go ahead and pause this episode and take 30 seconds to do that. It doesn't take long at all. And I want these to be the names of people that first pop into your head as people that you just loved working with. These should be the people that if you got to work with them over and over again, you would jump with joy. And these are probably the ones that are all over your website and all over your Instagram feed because you love them so much. Now, if you're just getting started and you don't have very many clients to pull from yet, or you've had a lot of clients but you wouldn't consider very many of them favorites, then I I want you to think about people that are in your various networks, friends, family, acquaintances. And if you did get the opportunity to work with those people, you would absolutely love it. So don't stress if you don't have very many clients to pull from quite yet. Now, once you've written those down, I want you to listen to this story. Jeff and I have a friend that's an audio engineer, and he tours around the country with big concerts. And much like us, he's a freelancer, and he has to decide when a job comes his way whether it would be a good job for him to take or not. And early on in his career, he had a mentor that gave him some really great advice. He gave him three qualifications to think about when considering a job. First, would he make good money? Second, would he be working with good people? And third, would he get better at his craft because he took the job? Now, I thought this was really interesting, so I reworked the idea for our purposes here. And I want you to look at the five to seven names that you wrote down, and I want you to write any of these three letters next to the names that they apply to. First is the letter P, and that's for profitable. Write down P next to any names that you feel were profitable for you and your business. Now, I don't mean, did they pay you the most or book your biggest package ever? I just mean, did they pay you your asking price? No questions asked. You didn't have to give them any deals or discounts in order to book them. Second is the letter C. That's for connection. Did you have a life-giving connection with them? Did you enjoy them on a personal level as people? Or maybe you connected with the style of their wedding. You really loved the vendors. The venue was the right fit for you. And overall, you just loved photographing the look of the wedding. Third is the letter R for referrals. Do they talk about you? Have you gotten referral business from them? Or maybe they don't talk about you directly, but they're a part of a network that you really want to be a part of. Okay, P for profitable, C for connection, and R for referrals, PCR. Write down any of those letters that apply to the favorite clients that you have written down. And remember, you can have multiple letters next to the names. So you can have one letter, two letters, or you can have no letters at all. What our friend's mentor told him is that if the next job had at least two of the three qualities that he mentioned then it would be a good job for him to take. If it would be good money and good people, but not super challenging, it would still be a good one. But if it only had one of those qualities, if he was just doing it for the money, but the people were awful and the job was boring, then it wouldn't be a good idea. But if the job had all three, then it would be a fabulous job to take, right? It would be the perfect fit. So look at your favorite clients that you wrote down. Which ones have letters next to them? Which ones have two or more letters next to them? If any of them have all three letters, guys, those are your super dreamies. They're the ones that are crazy perfect for you. They're not just good for your soul, but they're also good for your business. Now, if some of the names don't have any letters at all, that's still okay. You wrote them down for a reason, but they're going to be couples that won't be as strategic for your business. They're still worth considering but I would pay far more attention to the clients that have a bunch of letters next to their names. I also want to mention that a lot of my students have found this exercise incredibly useful when it comes to determining whether an opportunity is a good one to take or not. So if a styled shoot comes your way, or if a wedding comes in that you're you're kind of questioning, you're second guessing whether it's going to be a good wedding for you or not, use these letters as a guide. So maybe you have a couple that you don't really get along with that well and the venue isn't that great, but they'll pay you full price, but only fulfills one of those qualifications. And so you're only going to be doing it for the money and the experience might not actually be worth it for you or for the couple, but maybe the couple isn't the greatest couple ever, but they'll pay you full price and the wedding is going to be at a venue that you've really been trying to get your foot in the door at then it would be a strategic move for your business to take that wedding. Okay, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect or dreamy in order to move your business forward. As long as you know what strategic steps you need to take, use these letters as a guide to help you get there. Now from here, these clients that you have written down, these PCR clients, these are the ones you want to study. So we need to first write down everything that you know about them. First, consider their personal style, as in what kinds of clothes do they typically wear? Okay, is their personal style like really classic? Would they be like J. Crew or Banana Republic? Or are they a little bit more boho, like free people or anthropology? Maybe they always shop at stores like Madewell or they love thrift stores. This is information you can find out simply by seeing what clothes they like to wear at their engagement sessions, or just check out their Instagram feeds. Okay, this is a very surface thing that is really easy to find out. So this is why I like to start here with their personal style. Write that down. Second, think about what they like to do with their time. What do you know about what their hobbies and interests are? Do they like certain kinds of food? Are they into beer or wine? Are they really into video games? Do they like hiking and traveling? Do they work out a lot and have healthy lifestyles? Those are all ways in which your clients choose to spend their time. And when we know that information, we can then learn more about who they are as people and what matters to them. Okay, so first is their personal style. Second is how they choose to spend their time. And third, think about how they choose to spend their money. Now, there's two easy things that we can look at that will help us determine this. First, see what kind of car they like to drive. Did they show up to their engagement session in a luxury car like an Audi or a BMW? Are they in a Jeep or an SUV? Do they like electric cars? Like, do they drive a Prius? And then the second thing is, where are they going on their honeymoon? Are they going to a really fancy place in the Maldives with bungalows over the water? Are they going to Hawaii? Are they going on an adventure in Costa Rica? Those are things that we can really easily find out and it helps us understand how they like to spend their money. And lastly, think about their current life and their past life. Their current life is what they do for a living and where they choose to live. So are they lawyers, doctors, teachers? Are they artists, entrepreneurs? Do they work in corporate America or do they work for themselves? Where do they choose to live? Do they live in a condo in the city? Do they live in a starter home in the suburbs? Do they like living out in the country? That's information that can tell us a lot about who they are. And then lastly, think about their past life. This is things like where they grew up, what their family is like, and how they're educated, okay? So where did they grow up? Did they grow up in a middle-class family or a well-off family? Did they grow up in small town USA or in a big city? Are they close with their families? Is their family big? Do they have a huge extended family that's really close? Or do they have a small family? Also think about their education. Did they go to college? Did they go to graduate school? Did they go to a private university or a state school? Do they have graduate degrees, like a master's or a PhD? Or maybe they're a military couple. Or maybe they typically have high school degrees. Or maybe they usually go to trade schools. All of this surface information is really, really important to know, and it will tell you a lot about your dreamies and what's important to them. And if you don't know this information, that is totally okay. Okay, I get it. Jeff and I spent a lot of years where we included an engagement session with every single one of our weddings. And the reason we did that was because we wanted to get to know our clients on a personal level and build a relationship. So we took our couples out to dinner after every single engagement session. And we used that time to ask very intentional questions to understand their hearts and who they were. And that was huge for us. It helped us learn so much about our dreamies. And the reason that we are so stinking clear on who our dreamies are today is because we invested so much time and we invested money in those dinners. So figure out how you can get to know your couples. What is your version of a dinner after an engagement session? You can do that, or you can ask more intentional questions during the client meeting, get on phone calls, take them out to drinks, but learn more about your couples from this point forward. Now, once you have written down everything you know about your PCR couples that are on your list, then I want you to do three things. First, I want you to circle any common traits that occur between your favorite couples. Second, star the traits that you like the most about them. Third, underline any traits that you also happen to enjoy in your own life. By doing this, you are going to start seeing this vague picture of your dreamies start to appear. And this is a really magical moment because it doesn't take much time at all, but this exercise will help bring into clarity who your dreamies are, okay? So make sure you take a moment to do this. You will not regret it. It will be well worth your time. Now, this is just the first step in the process. It's a really powerful first step for how little time this exercise actually takes, but there is a lot more that goes into this. So if you are digging this conversation and you wanna go deeper and you really want to learn how to get better clients, then check out our free training on ideal clients. It's over at dreamyclass.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-I-E class.com. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes for you, but it's a free one hour class and I will help you take this list of favorite clients that you have written down and I will show what you do with them next so that you can build an amazing brand dial in your marketing and get the clients that you deserve, the clients that you really, truly actually need to book. All right. So go check it out and get your seat at dreamyclass.com. All right. For the rest of this episode, I am going to walk through the three critical mistakes that I see photographers make with their ideal clients. Because when we get to this point, Here's what starts to happen. I see photographers take this PCR exercise and they get really excited because for the first time ever, their dreamies really start coming into focus. But like I said, there's a lot more to the process than just this. So I see photographers start to make three very common yet very critical mistakes. And I want to unpack these for you. The first dreamy mistake that I see photographers make with their ideal clients is when you take a look at your favorite clients, you take a look at yourself, and you realize that your favorite clients that you love to work with are a lot like you. You share similar tastes and interests. You like the same things. You have similar personalities, which is going to be true when it comes to your ideal clients. They are the people you get along with the most, and there's a reason. So you're probably going to share a lot in common. However, the critical mistake comes into play when you take that to mean that your ideal clients are a version of yourself. When you say my ideal client is me or my ideal client is a version of me a few years ago or a version of me when I was getting married and I was looking for a wedding photographer. Now, it is completely understandable that someone would make this mistake It's a natural thing, but this is a critical dreamy mistake because thinking this way will lead you to believe that your ideal clients think like you, they act like you, and they buy like you. So at some point, you might be afraid to raise your prices and charge what you're worth because you believe that if you yourself wouldn't pay that price, then your ideal client won't either, which is completely misguided, okay? Can I pay the price that Jeff and I charge to shoot a wedding? No, not at all. But do I believe that we're worth every single penny? Without a doubt, 100%. We are worth every single penny that we charge. You need to get outside of your own head and into the heads of the amazing people that you want to photograph the most, okay? Also, another reason why it's a critical mistake to believe that your ideal clients are you is because there are many times when your ideal clients could actually look very different and act very different than you, but you might actually do different things but for the very same important reasons. In other words, you might look different on the outside than your ideal clients, but you actually believe in the same values on the inside. Which brings me to dreamy mistake number two, staying at the surface. Knowing those outward habits and interests and personal clothing styles are all really important, okay? All of that information can tell you a lot about a person. But if you stop there, if you stop at just the surface, then you don't really understand what truly matters to your clients. Instead, what you need to pay attention to is why. Why do your dreamies choose to drive the car that they drive? Why do they love video games? Why do they wear that style of clothes or live in that house? Why do your ideal clients choose to spend their time and choose to spend their money the way that they do? And also, why do you choose the choices that you do? Let's say that you love the outdoors. That is a big part of who you are. Then what you need to understand is why you enjoy the outdoors. Is it the thrill of adventure? Is it the quietness of solitude? Do you have a spiritual connection with nature? If you know why you love the outdoors, then you can identify when a prospective client shares those same values, but expresses them in different ways. What if one of your clients loves driving their motorcycle up and down the California coast, and they do it because they feel the same spiritual connection that you feel when you're backpacking in the outdoors? What if you love cooking because you love bringing all of your friends and family together every Sunday afternoon? And what if your clients love college football for the same reason? It's a family tradition that brings everyone together for every single game. Your ideal clients may not do the exact same things as you, but they might do different things for the same reasons, the same values. Okay, Jeff and I look really different than a lot of our clients. Our clients are professionals. They work in the corporate world. We are creative entrepreneurs that run our own business, but we both believe in living out our purpose and doing work that matters to us. Our clients usually grew up in big family houses out in the suburbs. I grew up on a farm in Idaho, but we both believe in tradition. So your job is to build a brand that speaks to those reasons, that speaks to your core values so that you can connect with those amazing clients that share those same values. That's how you build a brand that makes your clients feel something, by digging beneath the surface and connecting with them on something deeper. Okay, that's when your dreamies will see your work online and they'll keep coming back to it. They'll come back to it over and over and over again because your message, your brand, there's something about you that they can't pinpoint, they can't put a finger on, but it speaks to them on some level that they just don't understand. All they know is they just can't get you and your images and your brand out of their head. When your clients feel something about you, that's when you have dreamies that become so loyal to you, it is almost unreasonable. It's also how you build a business that is insanely fulfilling and also very, very profitable. And this brings me to my final dreamy mistake, believing that your dream clients are simply a nice to have and not a have to have. So you might be sitting there right now and thinking to yourself, Erin, I get it. Booking my dream clients would be so nice, but right now I'm just trying to pay the bills. Getting better clients is just a nice-to-have for me right now, okay? It's not a have-to-have, and I get it. It is scary saying yes to ideal clients because that means that you have to get way more specific with your brand than you ever have before in order to attract them, which means that you will need to turn off your not-so-ideal clients. And the thought of turning away any business at all is hard. At times, it can even be really overwhelming depending on where you're at with your business. But consider this, clients that aren't the right fit for you generally pay you less than what you're worth, and they take up more of your time because there is one crucial element that is missing. They don't trust you. And it's not because they're bad people. They are just not the right people for you. Jeff and I made no money on that entire Texas wedding. We flew ourselves out on our own dime for a wedding that we thought would be great for our portfolio because we were traveling, but it wasn't our style. It wasn't a couple that we connected with. Okay. It did not meet the PCR requirements. In fact, when all was said and done, it cost us so much in terms of our time and it cost us money. So contrast that with a wedding that we photographed of one of our Azusa Pacific girls that was just six months after that Texas wedding. Our bride, Stephanie, grew up in a really tight-knit community of families in North LA. In fact, the families were so close with one another that when her boyfriend, Sean, proposed to her, he didn't just ask Steph's father for permission to marry her. He also asked the dads of the other families as well, because they were basically second and third and fourth parents to her all growing up. And throughout the entire wedding process, Jeff and I were wholeheartedly welcomed into Steph's family by her loving and her really outgoing parents. In fact, the wedding was going to be at their family home, so we drove the two hours from San Diego up to Pasadena to scout the wedding. And we had never met her parents before. We had met Sean and Steph maybe once before this, but when we arrived, her parents had prepared this big giant family meal for us. And they brought out their favorite bottles of wine. And we had this incredible time together. And it was this welcoming dinner table and this generous hosting atmosphere that we had never experienced before. Fast forward to the wedding reception. Everyone is having an amazing time. It's a gorgeous wedding. Jeff and I are totally coming alive. We're having a great time. And at one point in the evening, Steph's father pulls us aside and he starts introducing us to all of his friends. And one by one, he starts talking about meeting this friend and that friend and this other friend when they moved to the neighborhood when they were in their 20s. And he told us how these are the people that helped him raise his two beautiful daughters. These are the people that they have lived in community with for the past 30 years. And Jeff and I had never experienced anything like it before, a community of such deep, deep friendships. And so we asked him, how did you create this incredible community? And he said, well, when we were your age, we looked around us and we decided who the people were that we wanted to someday celebrate with us at our daughter's wedding. And we made the conscious decision to invest in those relationships. We realized that community doesn't just happen. We had to choose it and we had to fight for it. And guys, that moment literally changed our lives because Jeff and I realized at the time that we didn't have a community of friends that we were investing in like that. So we went home. And we looked around us, and we identified the people that we wanted to celebrate with at our own child's wedding. And guys, this was years before we ever started trying to have children. And if you followed us on Instagram, then you know that when we did start trying to get pregnant, it took us five years of miscarriages. And it was a really heartbreaking, difficult time of grief. And waiting and waiting. And now we have our miracle rainbow baby, James, and we're raising him in this incredible community of friends here in San Diego. We're friends that support each other. We help each other raise our kids. We're there for each other. I mean, these were the friends that held my hand and they walked with me around the block when I was in the middle of my miscarriages. Like, they're the ones that have cried every joyful tear, every sad tear. They have been with us in the thick of it. And I know that each and every one of these friends is going to be at our table when we celebrate James's wedding, whatever that wedding looks like. Guys, Sean and Steph were our first truly dreamy couple. And they were honestly the ones who have inspired who we are as the young ones. I mean, the current form that you see of our brand is really because of them. They are the ones that changed our lives, changed our perspective. And because of their influence, we finally understood what really matters to us. I mean, when it comes down to it, it isn't about making tons of money or about building a giant business. It isn't about traveling the world or being on airplanes and going to exotic destinations. It's about the people that are waiting for us when we come back home and land. Dreamies are not just a nice to have. Because if you don't start going after better clients, better clients that bring you joy and fulfillment, you could literally be costing yourself your dream business. Are you happy with your current clients that you are getting? Are they serving you? Do you feel like the business that you have is the business that you want? If not, then the key is you need to start understanding who the right clients are for you and you need to have the courage to go after better clients in your business. And I will be there to walk you through that process because I know that it is entirely possible. So those are the three critical mistakes that we see photographers make with their ideal clients. First, saying my ideal client is me. Second, staying at the surface and not digging deeper into values. And three, believing that your dreamies are a nice to have and not a have to have. If you feel like you've made these mistakes or that you are making them right now, that is okay. Don't panic. You are going to be just fine. You haven't done anything horribly wrong, but you can't stay there. Okay, if you stay there, that is the big mistake. And the next step in this process is to sign up for my free Dreamy training over at dreamyclass.com. Okay, I will put that link in the show notes for you. And again, dreamy is spelled D-R-E-A-M-I-E class.com. On that training, I teach you how to take those PCR clients that you have written down and connect all of those surface characteristics to their deeper values. I walk you through the entire method. So take that training so you can start booking better clients and start making the money that you want to make. Thank you so much for joining me here on Creative Rising. I am so, so, so honored that you would spend your valuable time here with me. I am committed to helping photographers get better clients so that they can run fulfilling and sustainable businesses that they absolutely love. Friend, if you got value out of this episode, then it would be huge if you left a review for Creative Rising. What is wanted and what is needed right now as we launch this whole thing is we need reviews. I want you to tell me what you loved about this episode and what you got out of this training. It would mean the world to me. And those reviews are going to be critical for us in order to get new listeners to dive into this content that you just got to enjoy. Also, if you are loving what I have to share, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. I am so excited about all the episodes we have lined up for you in season one. Episode two coming up next is all about how to get better clients on social media. So I am outlining my five-step social media marketing system. If you struggle with social media, especially Instagram, and you just don't know what to put out there and you are tired of the whole Instagram guesswork game, then you do not want to miss episode two. I will see you there, my friend.